Hello. <laughs> Hello. Welcome to Sinister Sunrise. <laughs> I'm Morgan. This is the quietest I've ever heard you. I'm Sarah. Hello. Sitting across <laughs> the table, but I feel across the world. Yes. Oh, really? Can you not hear me? Barely. I sound so like normal in my own head. Oh. Do I need to take my headphones off? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't, it's whatever you I, need to do. Oh. Oh. I wish we could send this to Wes now and be like, is this the sound you're going for? Because we figured <laughs> I, out the temp, like the, not the temperature, whoa, the volume. <laughs> I did tell him that he needed to come do a sound check with us one day. That would be good. <laughs> Wait. Is there, a, oh, they're as big as they can go. They don't fit my ears. Okay. This is, this is fine. This is good. Okay, guys, we're trying a new, we all know that Morgan likes to scream and is too loud on the pod, aka I'm not going to listen to the previous episode because I'm scared <laughs> of what I sound like. So I have my headphones on. I have adjusted my gain. Um, Did also, you say game with an M? She's at the top of her game. I'm Always. sick. <laughs> so I gain. <laughs> um, I have. <laughs> I'm finally feeling a little better. Um, but I'm going to apologize now for the <clears throat> and that you're going to hear. I'm so sorry. I'll try to like mute my mic maybe when I'm not talking. Um, <laughs> anyway, did we all say our names? <laughs> this is Sinister Sunrise this podcast. <laughs> I'm Morgan. I'm Sarah. I'm Aaron. I think I was the only one who didn't say it before. There you may go. or may not be listening to Sinister Sunrise. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the second episode back, y'all. Just please be nice to us. Um... Yeah, so Sarah, sorry. I we were in the middle of chatting before we started to hit record, and I was like, no, no, I think this would be good, some good pod content. So you <laughs> went everything to, is content. Everything is content. So you went to a um uh, yes, I went to a diversity conference today. It was go. diversity, equity, inclusion. Um, I'm from the St. Louis area, <laughs> and one of our local universities is very inclusive, and they put this on every year. And they had one of my favorite presenters that I've ever seen. His name is Ben Green. I highly doubt he listens to this podcast. But if he does, I'm so sorry I was weird. (laughs) So, okay, what Ben does, he um, is a presenter that explains transsexuality and LBGTQIA plus um, gender fluidity. He does a really good job with like vocab words and helping people understand it. And he really boils it down in a way that I think is digestible. Um, in a way that I've used it on, like, my parents. Not used it on, like, put them in a headlock more so. Um, like, if, you know, there's... St- <laughs> put you in a headlock of understanding. I just can't picture it, but yes. And to be clear, you've you've told them, like, you've used his tactics to have conversations not about sexuality, but about, like, life. Yeah. Um, so we all had that issue of, like, maybe the generations ahead before us not ahead of us before us them damn booms no i'm just kidding i'm joking joking jk 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 as we know they are not always the most receptive Mm -hmm. to like change and things that aren't in those two binary fields Mm -hmm. um so you know i've been going back to my parents hometown quite a bit because my grandpa's been having some health issues and so when you're out there like stuff comes up then my mom and i usually have a honestly a really open honest conversation the way back home which is nice that's good and so um yeah, my mom's great. Something that Ben says, and that I love to use, is his chair example. And you've probably heard it. Maybe not. Maybe so. I don't know you. I don't know who's listening. Um, <laughs> again, I feel like I always just look down deep into the mic. Like, who's oh looking back at me? My eyes are like, <laughs> my face is wet. 
And we're only like uh, four minutes in. Oh, yeah. I'm just gushing about a presenter. Um, So he does this really good example of the chair. So he explains um, there's there's two chairs. And one is like a high stool with no back on it, made of wood. And the other one's like this plush, comfy, laid back chair. Probably even has the feet that kick up. Like we're talking straight jewel. Um, And if you're born sitting on this stool yes it works you can sit on it it'll you know give your legs a rest but are you going to actually feel comfortable in that chair no so there's no issue with someone going from that uncomfortable chair to one that they can sit in for the rest of their life Mm -hmm. hell yeah everyone should have the right to be relaxed yes so like he does really good examples like that that you can take with you and honestly morgan was saying before we started recording it doesn't even have to be just about like gender or anything else like to me, it kind of boils down humanity, which you can tell yeah. you listen to philosophy podcast recently. Um, <laughs> but it is because it is um, you're allowed to make yourself happy if it doesn't hurt anybody else. Oh, you really yeah. should. Oh, that. Oh. <laughs> oh, I love that so much. <laughs> Hell, girl, I wish we were in a poetry club. <laughs> Hell yeah. We're going to hear Sarah speaking at one point. The <laughs> amount of times I wanted to just put my two sorority hands in the air today. I'm like, yes. 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 <laughs> And that's where I lose my cool. Anyway, so I got to meet Mr. Ben Green. Guys, if you could see Sarah's face right now. Yeah. It's lit. Lit up. It was a surprise to me. And I think it showed because I got a tap on the shoulder like, hi, you're in human resources. Like, Would you like to meet Ben? And I was like, oh my God, would I ever? I'm like, I admire you so much and all your work. And I've watched you talk so many times, not so many times, just a few times. Then I had the notes and I've referred back to them. I've explained them. It's so great to meet you. And he's like, oh, I'm I'm honored. Thank you. And I was like, I'm saying a lot. Um, I'm, I'm Sarah. Hi, Sarah Ben Claverett. Like, oh God. And then I was trying to like recruit him to talk to my firm. But couldn't even get the words out. I was like, would you ever like to, you don't have a calendar in front of you. I can, I'll email you. Because all me is like, make it cool. Make it cool. Make mm-hmm. a cool exit. I'll email you. I would like to say maybe he was like delightfully surprised with my demeanor. It was not professional. I was just so excited. Because yeah. again, I've been watching this guy for over a year. It's like meeting a celebrity to me. Hey, uh-huh. as long as you, I mean, he probably was like, is this, who is this person approaching me? Like if I, <laughs> if I spoke about something so radical, it could go one of two ways. Very true. So he probably was like. Ah, oh, cool. Just a weird girl. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, he doesn't. He explains like the first fifteen years of my life, I was just a weird girl. It wasn't until I realized like maybe this isn't the box I'm supposed to be in that things clicked and made sense. So you know what? Maybe he was just like, she's just strange, yeah. and that's fine. Hey, everybody. we're allowed to be strange. It doesn't hurt anybody. Okay, everybody's yes, a yes. little weird. Again, like Sarah said, as long as it's not hurting anybody else, yeah. it's fine. Whatever makes you happy, bruh. Yeah, I got to meet one of my, uh, I guess, speaker idols. Yeah, my speaker idols today. Because again, I've talked to people at my firm before. Like, can we get him to come talk? Like, like I, he's wonderful. So, Damn. if you're looking for a public speaker, um, might I suggest Mr. Ben Green? Wow, yeah. I wonder if he yeah. has like a tour schedule or something. Look him up. We'll do. That's we cool. will put That's something cool. out. So, I think I want to go already. I'm convinced. Yeah. Okay, maybe when like. I'm not so swollen and my eyes stop leaking tears every three seconds. So it doesn't look like oh, I'm crying. The tears is what I was getting to. Oh, oh, God. Okay. Yes. He always, towards the end of his segment, talks about um, this moment he went to a Broadway show and he saw a trans person on stage playing a trans person oh. and also had like a really happy outcome in life. And so he, I don't know why I'm ragging myself. Yes. So he said he went backstage to meet this person. He had his playbill. All he wanted was to say, like, you know, you've inspired me. Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, 
shake his hand or shake their hand, excuse me, and then get them to sign the playbill. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was like, <laughs> he goes, I got back there. I locked eyes with this person and I started sobbing. Oh, yeah. He's like, and then the person came over and they just hugged me and sobbed too. And we basically just cried together for like two minutes. And they looked at me and was like, this is what it's all about. Like, oh. yeah, Ben was like, I didn't even have to explain Damn. anything. Like, it just made sense. Now my yeah. eyes were leaking for real. Yeah. And oh. he was like, this is why representation matters. You know, oh. like you see, you get to see yourself somewhere. Oh. And he's like, so now from that moment, I realized that that's my mission in life. Like, I'm going to tour. I'm going to yeah. be that voice for people who don't know they can have it. Um, and he was explaining he goes to like high schools. And after one of his most previous high schools... I keep him to call it a show. It's not a show. It's a talk. Because um, to me, it just hits me in the field. It's a show. He um, he was packing up and he looked up and had 40 kids lined up. Oh, oh my yeah. gosh. I just got chills. Yeah. And he's like, no, you make that much of a difference just even for a little bit of time for someone. And I was like, say less, Ben. So that's the feel good way we're starting today. Hello. Yeah. Oh, not it has not been a sinister that. sunrise. Not sinister at all. Well, it was sinister. I got it before dawn. So you know what? That counts. Oh, there you go. Well. Lovely afternoon, sinister sunrise. <laughs> yep. <coughs> How have you guys been? Morgan's been sick. Yes. Hey. I've been yeah. good. Aaron's been, Aaron's been good. Yeah. <laughs> Aaron's chill. Aaron and I are both a year chill. older. Yes. It doesn't show. doesn't show at all. Appreciate it. I've made and it. I'm still getting carded, so it's fine. <laughs> Aaron will, I'll forever be 21. The glue will be carded forever. <laughs> Under 21, I guess. Is that yes. what keeps the wrinkles away? All the glue? Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's her yes. face. <laughs> oh my God, yeah. I'm coming out with little, my own little, product. Little yeah. dot Watch here. For it. <laughs> 24-hour glue. <gasps> Ooh. Ooh. Not Gorilla Glue, though. Don't no, 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 no. <laughs> or that, or that, remember that Gorilla Girl spray with her hair? Ooh, yeah. Oof. Hmm? I think we've talked about this before. There was a girl who, like, ran out of hairspray. So she just, like, Gorilla So she glue used spray Gorilla Glue. Yeah. No. And, and like, and... didn't apparently... I don't even know if she didn't realize or didn't care. And then, like, later on in the day, was like, wait, why won't it come out? Honey. Oh, I honey. She tried to, like, sue them or something. And they were like, yeah. what? Why, why, why would it's, we have to put any sort of warning on our, like, <laughs> I think there is products. a warning on it. It's like, like not. No, I'm sure not, it is. Yeah. Like, not a. I'm sure it doesn't like specifically say not a hair gel, yeah. but it does say, like, don't put it on your skin. Yeah. Probably. Not yeah. for, not internal consumption. That's, like, other stuff, but. Well, probably that too. Skin contact? <laughs> if we're listing don'ts. I mean, that's if you're already one. this close to the mouth, uh, <laughs> tip top of the head is just whoop, a little dip in the spray bottle. Ooh. Ew, gross. Um, no. Um, yeah, so we're older. That's cool, I guess. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I'm like really kind of sad that I'm almost 30. I don't want to be oh. sad, but I'm sad. Oh, well, why are you sad? I don't know. Because, like, 25 was good. Like, I don't know. You know why I'm sad? Because there's... I'm going to get on my high horse for a second. Because there are way too many pressures for how everyone else thinks you should live your life. Like, by X time, you should be married. By X time, you should have 7.2 children. By this time, you should, you know, all this stuff. 7.2? Yeah. I, Who you been talking to? I, and how much money do they make? Because that sounds expensive. <gasps> you know what I mean? Yeah. And then, yeah, like, of yeah. course, like, whenever I'm, like, thinking about it, because I'm like, yeah, it's cool. Like, me and Wes are going to have kids hopefully someday soon. But, like, if I see, like, a 25-year-old with three kids, I'm like, oh, what the fuck? And I don't know why. It's so stupid. Have I, you ever done, um, like, inner child work? It might be called shadow work. Mm-mm. So it's... um. 
it's this idea you you envision yourself as like a really troubled time in your life. Like close your eyes for one second. Am We're going to do an hour. Am it. I going to cry? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Close okay. your eyes. When I'm troubled? Yeah. Imagine a time when you weren't the most confident or a time that you really needed some words of wisdom. Any time in my life? Mm-hmm. Okay. 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 So um, imagine you're, I guess, in your parents' home, somewhere that's very familiar to you. And you are looking on the other side of the couch and it's you at that time. Knowing what you know now, would that kid look up to you and could you give them good words of advice? Oh, yeah. Can you tell them that their life right now is really hard, but it's going to get better and you know it because you worked and you made sure? Sarah, I'm going to cry. Um, the first time I did this, I did sob. I don't even think uh, I'm doing it properly, but those are the yeah. kinds of things I would tell you when you worry about being 30 because yeah, you are true. who... Again, I'm on all my feels today, guys. Deal with it. I'm uh-huh. here. Uh-huh. I'm um, joining you. It's fine. I haven't, I haven't talked to it. it. I haven't You're, been in front of another human being in five days. So yeah, You're the great. person that a younger you would have needed. And you should be very proud. Oh, Sarah. You're right. Thanks. Same to you, Miss Aaron. I'm turning 30 this year. So I think I've been like, what can we do to Welcome feel cool? Welcome to my wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to hell, ladies. It's the last <laughs> lap before 30. And like, also like, why is 30 like a big deal? Like, I mean, I... I uh, don't, don't get me wrong. Like, we can have a big-ass fucking bash. But, like, ain't nothing wrong with a little bit of 30. There ain't nothing wrong with a little bit of 30. Mm-mm. But, yeah, I, I'll i cover that in a future episode then. Shadow work, I think. Uh, I think that's what so it's cool. called. Yeah. 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 Honestly, it's a good way to get yourself out of a funk because, like, for me, I think back of, like, a time when I was in high school and, like, you're still, like, everything is shameful. Like, oh, I'm kind of cool. Not really. Whatever sitting in my parents' basement. Like, it would have been cool to talk to myself now. Like, hey, now you got a cool husband. You got cool friends. Everything's Gucci. Mm-hmm. You Young me would be like, yeah. yeah. It's like that trend on TikTok where they're like, me talking to my nine-year-old self or whatever. Oh, no, no, no. Prime example when they're like, so is she a maid of honor in your wedding? And then like it flashes to like two years ago you and it says she's not even invited. And you're like, and then it flashes to the next person and you're like, oh shit. Because it's just like, how mm-hmm. much like your life can fucking change i mean i know mm-hmm. that involves another person but yeah it's like i like that because that's the shadow work thing is kind of like you can deal with like like past stuff mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then there's one from uh two girls one ghost <coughs> corinne always says like if she's like feeling really stressed or like having a bad time like that she does this thing like like a silk ribbon and you're supposed to like envision like the silk ribbon like wrapping like starting at your feet and like wrapping around you and it's like like holding you and comforting you and like it's supposed to like bring you i don't know like she's she'll obviously that they describe it better but um it's supposed to like be like current like if you're presently stressed it's supposed to like bring you relief and then like you unwind the ribbon and it's supposed to go all your stress yeah oh that sounds like a good way to get your mind off the problem too yeah it was Mm -hmm. cool anyway silk ribbon Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. it's a little silk ribbon therapy a little little shadow work therapy oh we maybe shouldn't call that i don't actually know it's called shadow work (laughs) that may be something completely separate i know it's inner child work okay okay cool okay. cool well things maybe. i don't know to be true i will soon let you know what's yes. true we'll, <laughs> we'll figure it out maybe by this point everyone's relaxed yes oh. are you feeling relaxed where are, are you going ready today? for a calm <laughs> yeah, story are we, are we about to not be relaxed much longer um, well maybe everyone should be calm before they get really angry so <laughs> just annoyed all right well Hotter. raise your glasses great yeah. great mm-hmm. yes <laughs> Um, today I will be covering the Radium Girls. 
The what? <laughs> I knew Sarah would know this one. The Radium Girls. Have you never Bur- heard Ba or Ra? Radium. <coughs> radium. Radium. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm so sorry. And we're back. Yes. <laughs> no radium needed. No, Sarah's no, no, okay. No. We're just a little choky. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Put her in the choky. <laughs> oh, no. Oh. That's what some of these radium girls should have done to their bosses. Please go. Oh, Aaron. my God. I have read radium. Why is this not like you guys are freaking out? I don't know this. Well, I'm about to tell you all about it. I know enough to be angry, but not enough for Aaron to not smile like that. So let's go. Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> Spooky. So first off, before I dive in, do you guys know who discovered radium? Madame Curie. Mm-hmm. Yep. Very good. And then um, her husband, Pierre Curie, as well. So they both discovered it. She's a small. I bet she did it all by herself and he got credit. I'm just kidding. Sorry. They probably both did. I'll take it back. No, they both did. But did she get the real credit she deserved? Maybe not. I mean, I only know Madame Curie's name. She. So. Pierre who? Pierre who? Pierre who? Her man? She's not his lady. He's her man. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Exactly. So they both, um, or whoever first, discovered radium in 1898. Even though it had been used to successfully treat cancer, there was much about its properties that were unknown. Pierre said of the chemical element, quote, he would not care to trust himself in a room with a kilo of pure radium as it would burn all the skin off his body, destroy his eyesight, and probably kill him. End quote. Um, well, if you don't have any skin, I would hope you'd be dead at that point. Holy what's shit. What's the warning label on that? Like, they, well, we'll learn there really wasn't one. At, great. But great. Just great, like great. the gorilla glue, they said, eh, don't worry about it. <laughs> Who's going to sit <laughs> in a room with a kilo? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, if you guys know of Madame Curie, then you would know that she herself had suffered from radiation burns from handling the element and later died on July 4th, 1934 um, from her exposure to it. Oh, I didn't know that's how she died. Shit, yep. my bad. Yep. Sorry. But the story I have today takes place before Marie Curie's death. Um, it's 1917. The U.S. joins World War I as it's raging on, and dial painting factories in the U.S. are opening and seeking female employees. One in six American soldiers wore luminous watches, and women who had smaller hands and could handle the more detail-oriented work compared to their male counterparts were being sought after to paint dials with a radium solution. Back then... Oh! Yes, watches. Because old-school watches had the dials. I thought you meant Mm -hmm. dial soap. I was like, okay. Yeah, kids today don't know at all. (laughs) We didn't have your Apple watches. (gasps) I thought you meant dial soap. No! Whoops. I was like, all right, soap. I'm on board. Got it. Got it, got it, got it, got it. I'm cool. Wait, they put radium? Wait, what? This is separate. This is just a separate watch factory. This has nothing to do with radium. No, this is. So they're. Oh. That's how they make it, like, luminous. So that, like, the 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 soldiers are able to see it. So it glows in the dark. Oh. Yes. And then they use it on other. Also, like, right there on your skin. Yee. Don't feel bad for them soldiers just yet. Ooh. Yes. And back then, radium cost um, $120,000 per gram, which is over $2 million today. And just going forward, I will just be using, like, like the value from today's time instead of saying their time and then this time because it just gets really confusing. Got it. So I'm just using today's value moving forward. What it equates to. 
Exactly. Down the cool. Yes. yes. Uh, this was a lucrative position, to say the least, and the women who were chosen were excited to get the chance to work with a chemical they believed to be a cure-all. Literally, since it was discovered that radium could cure cancers, people were consuming radium, or liquid sunshine, as it was nicknamed in pills and in drinks. Um, so, yeah, just terrible. Some companies recommended users drink five to seven glasses a day. We're the smartest species on Earth. Turn up for what? Uh-huh. That's why the aliens don't want us. <laughs> Maybe they did pre-radium. So, yes. And the craze didn't end there. People were booking appointments at radium spas, purchasing radium beauty products, brushing their teeth with radium toothpaste, and even wearing radium lace lingerie. What? Why? Can keep your coochie girl. healthy? I guess so. And some people even thought it could, like, cure your libido, too. Radium-filled panties? <laughs> well, okay. If you haven't picked up on it, some of these companies probably just use, like, radium in their products. Like, they said it had radium in it. It, it may, like, didn't. didn't. Yeah. Or they went in, like, one little drop. To yes. be fair, you better hope they only put one little. Or hope they didn't yeah. do it at all. Can you... Radium in your panties? Ouch. Yeah. <laughs> I don't believe... That's what you got hung up on. They were drinking five to seven <laughs> glasses a day. Dude, could you imagine? And that one was, like, legit. Could you some of that? Your poops. Could you imagine? That's like liquid lava. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe they were like glowing. (laughs) They probably thought it was so cool. They were like, hey man, look at my my piss. It's glowing. Oh God. They probably gave it glowing reviews. (laughs) In the snow. (laughs) If you're on a deserted island though, that would be what you want to drink because that's going to get seen by a plane. Day or night. (coughs) Or, you know, just dump it on the beach, but... That works, too. You gotta have a drink, though. Uh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Can't be dehydrated. <laughs> you cannot. <Ew. laughs> so, yes. Companies knew if they put, you know, radium to the name of their brand, it was going to sell. So, it was a big craze. These women that were hired painted watch faces, gun sights, and ship compass dials, and they got paid handsomely doing it. They made an average of 1.5 cents a watch, some of them earning three or more times compared to a typical factory worker, and some even made more than their fathers. Oh, okay, shit, bro. Yeah. Pop off, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Mm-hmm. According to Kate Moore's novel, The Radium Girls, The Dark Story of America's Shining Women, which I recommend if you're listening to this, read it. I'm America's also, Shining I mean, Women? Yes. I think I might have it. I think you've I think you've read it before. Actually, I think I borrowed it from our friend Brooke and didn't give it back. So if I have it, hey Brooke, I have your book. And if not, I hope hey, I Brooke, gave it back. You have your yeah. book. <laughs> we'll find out later. Yeah. Yeah. I see yeah. one on your shelf called Bloody Mary. That looks mm. interesting. She must have used the the radium lace lingerie. Bro, that is that's freaking me out a little bit. Like also though, if there wasn't radium in the product, couldn't you see it? Couldn't you tell it wasn't in it? Because it wouldn't glow? I'm unsure. Hmm. Maybe people were... I don't know. You know You'd what? Crazies happen and stupid things happen. Or if they said there's such a small amount that maybe it wouldn't show up. Yeah. Just enough. Just enough. Oi. Oh, the burn says it's working. Oh, oh. God. This all sounds terrible. <laughs> okay. Go on. Go on. Yuck, yuck, yuck. Go on with your misery. Yes. yes. Uh, these dial painters were ranked in the top 5% of female wage earners and on average took home around $370 a week, earning them a salary of around $40,000. So, 
not not too shabby. That's today's money. Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. To paint some watches. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Color me an artist. <laughs> Call me Radium Girl. <laughs> <laughs> so to say this job was in demand was an understatement. And the Radium Luminous Material Corporation knew it was a hot commodity. They even called their building a studio, not a factory. Of course. Of when? And when was this? Fancy. In the 1800s? 1917. Yeah, 1917. Right at the start of, like, World War I. They were bougie. Thank you for also giving me a time um, marker, a history marker. I needed that. Yes. Because I'm one of those people, it's like, when did World War I start? I'd go, uh... Not now. Uh, 1902. (laughs) That could be a complicated question, because Mm -hmm. when did the U.S. enter versus when did the war actually start? You know, you got... Let's argue this. Mm-mm. You know the date. Mm-hmm. We, I should learn all of that and then be like, which, what are you referring to? Are you talking about the when the U.S. was involved or prior to that? Ooh. If you learn it at our next like get together, I will find a way to shoehorn World War One in just to set you up for this. Pop off. Ooh. All right. Okay. Here we go. Put all that right. in our pocket. And if you're with us that next time, be surprised. Give me, give me, <laughs> give me a little bit of time and I'll get there. I'll get there. And I have more dates coming up, so just you wait. Locking in. <laughs> Business was booming, and the company expanded to multiple buildings in Orange, New Jersey, and more women, many of them teenagers, were hired for the task. Sabin von Sashaki. Whoa. Yes, it's a name. I looked it up. I think I'm pronouncing it right, so we'll see. Uh, so the founder of the company had studied under the Curies and knew the dangers of radium, but never warned his employees. The lab workers were at least given lead-lined aprons and forceps to protect themselves while handling the radium, but the girls weren't given any protective gear or tools. I was literally going to ask you if they got to wear masks. Nope. Mm-mm. And they're painting it so their hands are right there. Mm-hmm. And just you wait. Uh, it was believed that the amount of radium they were working with was so small that protective equipment would have been unnecessary. And it's just also really interesting. In the book, it mentioned that Von Sashaki and Dr. George Willis, who founded the company with him, didn't heed their own warnings either. Like, they apparently knew it was dangerous, but they just either didn't care, didn't, I don't know, didn't think it was. Money makes you a crazy person. Yeah. They would handle the radium barehanded, and Von Sashaki would even submerge his arms in radium solutions from time to time, just for shits and gigs, I guess. I don't know. What? I... Do not, not know. And it wouldn't and it wouldn't burn? Or it would burn a little bit. I couldn't tell you that. I <laughs> What? I feel like it had to burn. Maybe a little bit. Maybe it's just like testing it. Like I don't it's know. all good. I don't know why, but I'm also picturing like This is a dumb question. Do okay. you have to do anything to radium or is it just glow all the time? This was um So like is this just like a pile like a like glowing green pile of liquid stuff no it's like a powder oh yeah but i don't know if it comes in liquid form and they did something or maybe you do i don't know huh okay what they're using as a powder what they're doing in the lab though i'm i'm not got it okay i'm just thinking like Mm -hmm. dude it's like asbestos i bet like that and like the little powder granules Mm -hmm. if that is what it is that's even more dangerous without a mask they're fucking inhaling it Mm-hmm. I'm gonna let Aaron get a little farther, but I do remember a lot from this book. So hold okay. on. Just, just you wait, because you're <laughs> just keep that face. It's mm-hmm. not getting better. 
Dude, oh, my God. I'm, I'm literally about to say it now, actually. <laughs> my little asthmatic lungs right now are like, oh no, closing up. Yeah. <laughs> Stop. The dial painters, unaware of the dangers of radium, used a technique called lip pointing, where they used their mouths to make the brush have a fine point to it. So it helped them make sure they weren't painting over the edges of the watch dials, some of which were extremely small. So they would like dip in the solution, point, paint. Best not waste any radium, girls. Radium, comma, girls, of course, because they obviously don't care if we waste radium girls are you and they were told it's such a small amount and these motherfuckers in the streets are drinking glasses of it so (laughs) not fucking metamucil okay to be fair those drinks who knows how much was in those cups a day but the radium we know how much they were putting you know what yeah yeah Yeah. if we survive fort locos We can survive for We can survive anything. I'm going to see how this goes for these ladies. I'm sorry in advance because I know it's very bad if Aaron's talking about it. But also, I can't see right now because my eyes are so wet. Um, but yeah. pointing, though. What a... Mm-hmm. Dude, people don't even do that with paint. Mm-mm. Ugh. You shouldn't. Also, can you not... Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. You're making how much money off this shit? You can't buy them a skinny little brush? You can't buy them like a two-haired brush? Come the on. brush is thin. I think the brush, yeah, the brush was already thin anyway. Um, but they could have bought them cloths. Yeah, there was other options in their mouth. Yep. yep, yep. The cloths probably had radium in them too. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> oh radium lined cloths. Oh my god. Okay, sorry. I'm, my brain's not doing well. It won't. For the rest of the story, I'm sorry. It's the radium. It's Fucking mint. <laughs> Some women did question this technique. Quote, the first thing we asked was, does this stuff hurt you? And they said no. Um, and Mr. Savoy at one of the um, companies said that it wasn't dangerous, that we didn't need to be afraid. End quote. There were times um, throughout the story that some of the girls were, like, told not to put the camel hair brushes in their mouths and to, like, wipe the brushes on towels instead. Uh-huh. Um, but that soon went away when they discovered that too much radium was being wasted. And we best not waste those radium, Because I guess you could clearly see if it was on the rag. Yeah. This is disgusting. Yes. The workers would leave every evening with evidence of the luminous material on their clothes, hair, and skin. Britannica.com states that a lot of the women would wear their best dresses to work, so they would be shining when they went out dancing that evening. They would even, like, paint their teeth with the substance so their teeth glowed in the dark. Which would be cool if it wasn't slowly killing What a time to be alive. Like, imagine feeling like the dancing queen you would have been. You're making 40 grand a year. Mm -hmm. You're having your best dress on, and you're spinning on the dance floor, just glowing. And everyone's looking at you, wanting to be you, and wanting to have that job. Because you have a cool job, and you're fucking glowing, and you're dancing. Yep, and you're glowing. Yeah, like... Mm -hmm. What the fuck? I wish it stopped there, because that is a great evening and picture in my head. The end. <laughs> Let's just end it there. I'm picturing all the glow parties that we had in college. <laughs> An actual glow party. Yeah, and like you're saying, like, highlighters, people. Highlighters on our skin. That was it. No radium. That we know of. <laughs> I always loved how you could, like, look around and see, like, maybe who had, like, a fake tooth uh, <laughs> or, like, uh, didn't, like, you could tell if their teeth were not white at all because it was mm-hmm. just 
not glowing. UV is the great equalizer, isn't it? That's the new trend <laughs> is UV uh, tattoos. Well, I never heard of which, that. Which, I don't know. It's pretty fucking cool. You can't, like, see it. It's apparently better than white ink. I don't know why, because white ink turns yellow, and that ink is already kind of yellow, so. I don't know. We're talking about radium going into our bodies. Yeah, I, I don't know. I want to think about something like <laughs> highlighter <laughs> tattoo <Yeah>. going in. <laughs> Some Sharpie in my skin, you know. <laughs> Mm-mm. As I look down and have lots of ink in my flesh. Yours is cool and safe. Ah, we think. No, I'm just kidding. It's been around for a very <laughs> That's long been around time. for long enough. It only goes it down to the dermis. You yeah. don't question yourself. That sounded real smart. Mm-hmm. There's the dermis. I don't There's epidermis. Is epidermis lower? I don't know. Guys, it goes doesn't go deep enough to God damn it. Alright. I don't want to sound dumb and then I question. Keep going. I'm sorry. <laughs> Fuck. You're all good. <laughs> Gotta just own it. Because I was with you own like, Dermis, yeah. that sounds real. I don't real. anybody coming in, coming in the comments being like, she said. <laughs> if they want to comment that, they can also give us five stars. You know Thank what? Or you. someone just mm-hmm. politely correct me. That's yeah, fine. That's true. That's fine. I'll look it up. It's fine. <laughs> God damn it. We'll know soon. <laughs> so their luminescent state earned them the nickname The Shining Girl. So that's where they got it from. <laughs> Um, and like I mentioned, women who didn't work at the factory and saw these girls out in the town just like wanted to be them. They wanted to become part of that group, the Shining Girls. Things seemed great for both the company, the employees, and the town until it wasn't. Catherine Schwab went to the doctor when her skin started just breaking out. She wasn't too concerned because she was a teenager and her acne could have just been hormonal or yeah. just changing, which happens. Uh, She assumed it would be a quick checkup, but was shocked when her doctor told her her blood had changed. She uh, brought up her concerns to Dr. Willis and Vaughn Sashaki, but they ensured the girls the materials they were working with were safe, and they didn't question them. These doctors were the experts. Why would they lie to them? As World War I ended and the demand for luminous watches declined, uh, many of the women found other work, but their symptoms followed them. So many of them began experiencing excruciating tooth pain. They would seek the help of dentists who resorted to pulling out their teeth. That's <gasps> My worst nightmare. Yeah. They would leave, believing their discomfort was over, only to return shortly later due to worsening pain. And that was only the beginning. Many dial painters started presenting with other just strange symptoms. Uh, they were always fatigued, had knee and jaw pain, mouth ulcers, bad breath, and many of them suffered from anemia. Doctors hadn't seen anything like this before. They initially believed the girls were suffering from rheumatism, which can cause that like chronic pain and inflammation. Like rheumatoid and the arthritis. Mm-hmm. Like rheumatoid arthritis. Yeah. 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 So causing that pain, um, but their ailments couldn't be cured no matter what treatments they prescribed. Oh, it's the teeth for me. It's going to be a lot for you. Uh, Doctors just were at a loss. They tested the women for various diseases, but they all came back negative. They kind of just threw out diagnoses willy-nilly after that um, for a while. (laughs) I've never heard Aaron say willy-nilly. (laughs) Willy-nilly. That's the best way I could, like, describe it. You get this diagnosis and you get this diagnosis. Oh, my God. Well, I mean, they didn't know either. So they're probably like, this could be it. I mean, to be fair, they're probably like, come back if it works and let us know. Like, if the treatment we're going to, like, ooh. Mm -hmm. But it also something that just kind of gets overlooked is the fact that all of these women like worked at the same place, but it, there wasn't that connection that was being made. 
at least not at like this point in time. Why would they ask a woman what she's, you know, if she works and where and how and how all? No, they don't care. Even though they're all glowing, you wouldn't think that's a real big sign. I can't breathe. <laughs> they probably just didn't turn the turn the lights out in the uh, exam room. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Sarah's coffee. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> all, all they had to do. That's all they had to do. All they had to do. So Ugh, this is making me sick. For example, Quinta McDonald had been experiencing hip pain and she felt like her legs were an uneven length. What? Her doctor diagnosed her with arthritis in her hip. Some doctors wondered whether phosphorus poisoning was to blame. They believed many of the women presented with fossy jaw, and this was seen in many workers who were exposed to phosphorus. So these workers would develop abscesses in their mouth until eventually their jaw would disintegrate. It's not just teeth. <laughs> the whole I was thing. really scared you were going to go that route. Uh, one dial painter's jaw broke while the doctor was examining it, and he literally just removed it right there. Yeah, it just kind of like, yeah, as he's just like looking around, seeing what's up, and it goes, and he just takes it out. These are like, these poor women are like zombies. Can you imagine the pain? No. Constant pain. No. Are you fucking kidding me right now? (laughs) No, I'm sorry. (laughs) When was Novocaine invented? We're past fucking Novocaine, Sarah. (laughs) Are you, are you, are you, no, no way. So her jaw was just like hanging there. (laughs) Well, yeah, I guess in a way. You guess in a way. Her jaw broke in his hand. He's poor. Are you just like in her mouth and then he had to take it out? Yeah. Oh, no, okay, no, no, no. 1904. They at least had something to help. 1904. Just for a little bit, yeah. Yeah, what do you do if they don't have any fucking teeth? The Novocaine does nothing. It's, uh, I think it's topical. Um, oh, you're right. I'm just rubbing my face, which is nothing because it's an audio podcast. I'm thinking Gel. Oh. No, Novocaine's they put on if they're going to like. That's the shot. Yes. Mm. Honestly, I mean, it's okay, better than like, nothing you can't because numb something if it's not there. Yeah. yeah, now that her jaw is gone, I don't know what they're doing, but um, she had a they, moment of reprieve. How the fuck I guess. did they take care of these people? Are you f- and also how many people worked at this fucking factory? Hundreds. A lot. Enough that it should have been obvious. Yeah. yeah. And they're literally turning well, into glowing zombies. In a way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, no. It's, it seems like you're following no, along. This is excellent. This is fake. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, no. Like, like that's what's going to piss you off about this story. No way. This sounds like a fucking conspiracy theory. I mean, I believe you, but, like, my brain is like, no way. At least we started off really strong. Oh, my God. My fucking <laughs> really good. My eyes are <laughs> sobbing. Oh, my God. They're just, like, dripping. Okay. Oh, my God. Catherine compared the pain she was going through to, quote, the pain caused by a dentist drilling on a live nerve hour after hour, day after day, month after month, end quote. I got a weird thing about teeth. That... No, no, no. I literally had a dream while I was sick because I had fever that only that one of my teeth was like jutting out 
and my for some reason I like couldn't talk, but I had to like keep my jaw closed on this tooth, and like it was the worst like it was the worst feeling in my life, and that was a fucking dream. So like I cannot. Were you like clenching your jaw? Oh, like, when you woke up. Oh, okay. oh, I do that every night. Are you kidding me? That's. It's a constant. I do it when I'm awake all the time. Oh, okay. Oh. I think that's why my teeth are so small. But anyway. <laughs> I'm joking. Her, that's why your teeth are so small. It's full of tension. Yes. It's full of tension. Full of tension. But like. You still got your teeth. I, I do. Mm-hmm. And, and your jaw. Mm-hmm. I don't got my wisdom teeth though when it shows. <laughs> what? Okay. Anyway, sorry. I'm really trying to like make light of this. This fake news that you're spreading. But like. <laughs> I feel like stories like this are why some conspiracy theories make it to that next level because it's like (laughs) this kind of stuff makes you not trust your employer. I mean, it's just like those crazy experiments that you've shared, Sarah. Like Mm -hmm. all like the fact that this is not like there's so much wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Like this should be completely made up fiction, just a novel. This is a, yes, a, ra- a random story that someone came up with, but unfortunately, this is like this is a sci-fi novel that someone wrote. And we're living in it. Dude, shut the fuck up. <laughs> this is... <laughs> Holy fuck. One of the women from the facilities uh, went to see her doctor 82 times in one year. Alone. Holy fuck. Uh, later on, it was common for these women to have miscarriages, too. The doctors brought their concerns to the Radium Corporation, so they kind of started thinking, hey, you know, these women all work at the same place. Maybe something's going on. Mm, but, long enough. <clears throat> yeah. Well, the company refused to reveal the ingredients in their paint. So proprietary. Uh, they assured the doctors that uh, phosphorus, because again, they were th- they were thinking it was phosphorus. Yeah. Uh, wasn't one of the ingredients, and that their paint was safe to use. But that just you know wasn't adding up. Dude, take the L and say it's phosphorus at this fucking point. Like, uh, they're just going to investigate more. Well, if it's not phosphorus, then what the fuck is it? Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I'm like spiraling right now. That's okay. You guys read this in a book? Yes. Yeah. It'd be halfway across the room right now if I was reading it. To be Fuck fair, no. I did kind of think it wasn't true until the end because did you see the pictures in the book? Ooh, yes. There yeah. are pictures. That's when I was like, oh my God. Oh, oh. I thought it was like loosely based on a real story. No. Please continue so we can all be horrified. Yes, yes. Uh, these girls were obviously living in pain, and hospitals and doctor's offices were becoming their second homes. The RLMC finally told the girls that lip pointing was no longer allowed, but their reasoning didn't have anything to do with the substance they were working with. Instead, they were told the acid from their mouths was ruining the adhesive, so they had to quit putting the brushes in their mouths. Uh... So, so they just didn't make the decision for their sake. Yeah, um, my mouth is full of acid because I'm a fucking zombie now. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, yeah. mainly they told the girls to do this because business uh, wasn't doing too hot and the more girls that quit or weren't hired because they kind of heard the rumors of employees falling terribly ill, the more money the company was going to lose. In the summer of 1921, Arthur Reeder took over as the company's president and changed its name to the United States Radium Corporation, or USRC, and then Dr. Willis and Von Sashaki were just kind of let go. So the company is under new ownership. And their questionable practices didn't stop. 
However, the women started dying. Molly Magia died at 24 years old in September 1922. The radium ate away at her jugular vein and she died of hemorrhaging. Her cause of death? Cupid's disease. The fuck? No, you're gonna get real pissed. I remember this now. And I, mm-hmm. I have chills. I'm bumping. The back of my neck is a mountain range right now. Dear Aaron, would you care to enlighten us what the Cupid's disease is? It's syphilis, which can cause painful sores, rashes, mouth ulcers, and fatigue. Uh, but she had been tested once for syphilis, and it came back negative. Yeah, because it's not fucking syphilis. It's yeah. also not phosphorus. Yeah. yeah. I think I'd read too, and maybe I wrote it wrong or read it wrong, but I think a second test might have been done and then it came back positive, but there could always be false positives. Mm-hmm. And plus with the medication she was probably on and all the symptoms. And the radium. Who knows what radium does to a test? Because we, we literally know nothing. Yeah. Oh, ooh. So yeah, they're like, it's not our problem, it's her problem, and she's kind of a slew. And I was going to say, they're, and they're letting her be banned mm-hmm. as a fucking slut before she dies. Not the yeah. slut if you have syphilis. It's not what we're saying. Back then, it's kind of the assumption. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, yeah. Cuba's disease. Fuck off. Mm-hmm. So they didn't even bat an eye at the company at all. So. Because yeah. so she's just one girl. Right? Yeah. It doesn't fucking matter. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. They were not concerned with the company at all. They did not blame her occupation. Helen Quinlan was 22 years old when she died on June 3rd, 1923. Doctors presumed her cause of death was Vincent's angina, a bacterial disease that infects the gums before spreading to the tissues of the mouth and throat, resulting in dead tissue that just eventually, like, sloughs off. Oh, my God. Helen's doctor never confirmed this disease through testing, but it was on her death certificate. Again, you get a diagnosis and you get a diagnosis. I don't know. What the fuck? Six weeks later, Irene Rudolph died at 21. Her cause of death was believed to be phosphorus poisoning. So I don't know if that was actually on her death certificate or not, but that's what it was believed to be. Great. Catherine O'Donnell died of alleged pneumonia in gangrene of the lung on December 16, 1923. 20-year-old Jenny Stocker died on April 15, 1924 from a quote-unquote short illness. Are we at five now? I count five. Yes. On December 9th, 1924, Hazel Kuzer died, and her family opted for a closed casket funeral due to the state her body was in when she passed. And they, in particular, had spent around $154,000 on her medical bills. Just a moment of silence for that. Fuck. Yeah. Catherine, still in immense pain and fed up with her failed treatments, tried to take matters into her own hands and filed a report at the Department of Health, claiming the orange plant had something to do with her and the other girls' ultimate, like, untimely demise. Yes. They reached out to the company, who only said that Catherine's claims were false, and the Department of Health just kind of filed Catherine's complaint away, along with the company's response, and they just kind of brushed their hands of it. Great. Yeah. Awesome. Mm-hmm. No, no one's in their corner. <laughs> Cue me throwing something yes. through a window. That's what I'm saying. My, that book would be halfway across the room if I was yeah. reading it. Again, I did sincerely think it was not completely true till the end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like, that helps. This is fucking wild. Get to the end. What? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The neighborhood USRC resided in was also affected by the radium. Neighbors complained of their laundry changing color due to the fumes, and they began to notice a decline in their health. One resident was paid around $68 for her ruined clothes, which 
I just think it's funny. Um, but that led other residents to ask for compensation, but the company, realizing like what they kind of opened up, uh, refused to pay any other residents. These motherfuckers. Are you? Mm-hmm. They also had sold radium to schools to be used on playgrounds and in sandboxes since it had like a sand-like quality to it. Uh, kids be playing in radium. And eating it. And having their skin being burned, and that's what children complained of. But rolling around in it. No, it's safe, right? It can be used. It's all fine. You know that question where they ask if you could go back in time to any... And most people are like, oh, I'd go... You know, My answer is to go to Woodstock or, you know, the 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 Live Aid concert. Yeah. I think I changed my mind. Mm-hmm. I think it's 1917, and mm-hmm. I would boycott... Mm-hmm. And riot, mm-hmm. catch it on fire, perhaps, and get all these women to stop. Are you fucking awful. kidding me? No, all we need is one picture. Yeah. Like, yeah, this is what this girl used to look like. This is what she. This is what she looks like after she worked for you. Mm-hmm. Figure it out. Yeah. yeah. Oh my. 1917. Here I come. <laughs> Noted. Coming for you. Oh, my God. Actually, no, nah, never mind. That was bad. I was going to say, let's kill a guy who said, there's nothing wrong with it, but that's not nice. Then it was more than one person's problem, too, so I probably... I'll jail them all. Yes. This is why we need some oversight and corporations. Mm-hmm. Oh, my. The Industrial Hygiene Division couldn't ignore the multitude of complaints against the USRC, and they opened an investigation. They went to the studio and witnessed firsthand the workers at the orange plant placing the brushes in their mouths. Concerned, they asked Vice President Harold Veit about this practice. He told investigators that the women had been warned several times not to use lip pointing, but they refused to stop. Oh, let's blame the victim. Uh-huh. Yep, always. Classic. John Roach, deputy commissioner of the New Jersey Department of Labor, sent out some paint samples to be tested. Inspector Lillian Erskine determined that, quote, no reports of necrosed bones as a result of radium treatment exist, end quote, and felt the women's symptoms were a coincidence and likely due to lousy dental work. Uh, if they can just keep kicking that buck away from the corporation, that would be great. Yeah. Chemist Dr. Martin... Uh, Samatolsky, however, thought otherwise. He believed the radium was causing the women's conditions. Thank God. And thank God, thank you for being a man. Because obviously that helps in this time period for you to get fucking listened to. Yes. Um, But even with his report, the Department of Labor didn't do anything further about the matter. God damn it. Still, no one's listening. (laughs) No one's taking it seriously. Also, I'm sorry. These not, again, I'm not victim shaming or blaming, but like, these poor women who are still working there must be so well or so not well off that they feel that this is like the only option. I'm sure Aaron's going to get to it. People do start leaving and they also start seeking medical advice, but it's kind of like what you said of they're a woman. So mm-hmm. it's probably not the corporation. There's nothing yeah. ever been said that radium hurts your whatever bones. Yeah. yeah. And then Dr. Zimitolsky's uh, record, his, um, testing he did he did give it to the company but they obviously didn't take it as fact instead they ordered their own studies which to the surprise of no one came to the opposite conclusion okay 
the girls' illnesses were due to outside sources, uh, not from the company. Uh, Dr. Flynn, who was the one who completed these studies, uh, just, uh, first off, he didn't even have a medical degree. So he, like, lied about his credentials, and Flynn saw nothing wrong with the uh, position he was in. He truly believed he was, like, an expert in the industrial hygiene field for whatever reason. The confidence of a mediocre white man Mm -hmm. can be just. Mm -hmm. Prime example. He believed the women's symptoms were caused by hysteria. Uh, Can you open this window? (laughs) I think this is open, isn't it? Mine's not. Know. One of them is for safety. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the one by me is closed. I wonder why. <laughs> I mean, y'all knew how this was going to roll. Are you fucking... God damn it! <laughs> Sorry. All right. <laughs> Dr. Flynn, uh, positive note, was reported to the authorities for practicing without a medical license, but this didn't stop the company from sharing these findings with the public, who continued to believe radium was safe. Uh, and honestly, it was difficult for the public to be swayed to the women's side. Radium literature boasted about how positive the chemical was, so the public really only saw, like, the good press, not the bad press. They're only looking at the good side. This is all within one year? Where are we right now? No, we are now around, like, 1923, so it's been a couple years. It looks like the murder, or not the murder, we'll call them murders, the industrial murders mm-hmm. were happening um, 1922, and the last one you said, I think, was 1924. Okay. So what yeah, it's within two. I mean, we have six girls in two years. So mm-hmm. on paper, it sounds bad. I don't know if you'd. I can see how maybe they would try and kick the can somewhere else because, yeah. like, it doesn't necessarily. Also, like, how many other factory deaths are we dealing with? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And their symptoms were a bit different, weren't they? Like, was it all the teeth, or was you said someone's like a neck? Yeah, so there's hips. There's different symptoms that kind of appear, so that makes it made it a little bit trickier too. Mm-hmm. The different symptoms. Some people tried to publish our findings in the hopes it would reach radium researchers and the public. Dr. Willis, uh, again, who was one who had like founded uh, one of the companies, had to have his right thumb amputated, so he got it tested, and it revealed his thumb had cancer. So he tried to like put his research out, um, and it was reported in the 1923 Journal of the American Medical Association, but... I guess no one read that article. <laughs> no one just cared. So. Just slipped right through, huh? It did. Well, geez, it sounds like they've got other shit to deal with. Their jaws falling off and sh- fuck. God. Just a man with thumb cancer. What does that matter? I told you you'd be mad. <laughs> I knew it was going to be bad. And you're like, I'm really excited. I had a book I read. Should have known. Mm-hmm. I'm really glad that I'm at the solid part of the table because I can't flip it. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? In February 1925, Marguerite Carlo was the first style painter to bring a lawsuit against the Radium Corporation, um, suing the USRC for around $1 million. Oh, yes, sis. Get it. But... That didn't really go anywhere. Um, She brought the lawsuit up, but people were in an uproar when on June 7th, 1925, Dr. Lehman, chief chemist of the USRC, died at the age of 36. So, of course, it would take a man's death to really get the public Mm -hmm. concerned. What have we been saying? But he was our most eligible bachelor. What are we going to do without him in our town? Mm -mm. Fool. (laughs) Dr. Harrison Martland investigated Dr. Lehman's death. 
and this would be a medical first. In order to determine if radium had been present in Lehman's body, an electrometer was used on his ashes, which turned out to like be positive for radioactivity. And this was the first time radioactivity had been measured in a human. Dr. Martlin and Von Sashaki, surprise, he's back, uh, who assisted with the tests, would go on to create two methods of testing radiation in living humans. The first was the gamma ray test, where an electroscope read gamma radiation coming from a patient's skeleton. The second was the expired air method, where a patient blew through various bottles into an electroscope that would measure the toxic gas they breathed out. For the first test, 10 subdivisions in 60 minutes was considered a normal leak. Sarah Malifer was the first one tested, and she had um, 14 subdivisions at the same time. So she had quite a bit more. That was considered quite a bit more? Yes. So okay. 10 subdivisions was like normal, 14 just higher. Okay. Not, yeah. Not normal. For the second test, five subdivisions in 30 minutes was the norm, and Sarah had 15.4 subdivisions in that amount of time. Okay. Okay. Uh, a little more striking. Yes, definitely. And unfortunately, Sarah passed away shortly after these tests were conducted. News of her death was plastered on the front page of the New York Times, and Sarah was also the first radium girl to be autopsied. Dr. Martland discovered that one of Sarah's legs was four centimeters shorter than the other. So that was kind of a common symptom. Her bone marrow was dark red compared to a healthy adult, which would look like yellow and fatty. He determined her body carried 180 micrograms of radiation. Now, when I say that, that like isn't actually a lot at all, but that just means it only took that small amount to completely destroy her body. That's still terrifying. Yeah. yeah. Holy shit. Especially when one yeah. leg is actually shorter than the other. It like, is. you yep. can see very obviously something is not right. Yep. Yep. So, a lot of these women would have, like, limps and such. Oh, mm-hmm. no. Can't dance if you got the wrong size leg. Doesn't matter if you're glowing on the dance floor. You can't dance because you don't have a two normal size legs. That's so sad. It is sad. I'm mad. Mm hmm. Uh, I'm fuming over here. I'm like, I'm not going to lie. My mom texted me and I'm like kind of trying to like ignore you a little bit. Because <laughs> I'm so mad. <laughs> like, I'm not even trying to be rude, but like I'm subconsciously being rude because I'm, yeah. I would like to think I gave you fair warning. So, oh yeah, your smile at the beginning was real, real reassuring there. Hey, hey, Ron. Okay. I knew what your reaction would be. Damn it. (laughs) Sarah's leg and jawbones especially, which had, um, yeah, so the radiation obviously completely destroyed her body, and her leg and jawbones were the ones that were hit um, the most. It had the most radioactivity to it. Dr. Martland uh, would go on to test other dial painters, and he was the one who had to give them the news that their condition couldn't be cured, um, which... At that point, they'd never heard anyone say that before. Which also, I forgot how new it was because they hadn't even made tests to find out if it was in your body or not yet. Mm-hmm. Like, that's how new it is. We, we don't really know what it's going to do, but it does sure shine. Yeah. When she learned of her prognosis, Grace Fryer said, quote, When I first found out what I had and learned that it was incurable, I was horror-stricken. I would look at people I knew and I would say to myself, well, I'll never see you again, end quote. Oh. Yeah. 
Anyone else just die in 2,000 pieces? Yeah. Are you kidding? No. Should we insert, like, memes or jokes in the middle of this episode? I don't know. It's not good. It's heavy. It's a heavy episode. I can't even think of a joke. No. What did there's any joke? One muffin say to the other muffin. I don't know. <laughs> Talking muffin. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. You can go now. <laughs> I'm numb. <laughs> I'm fucking numb. Okay, Aaron, back to you. Uh, Martlin knew he couldn't get physical samples of radium from the living dial painters. Quote, the deposit of radium can be removed only by cremating the bone and then boiling the ash in hydrochloric acid. End quote. They know that, but they don't know what radium fucking does to you? Okay. Okay. Well, this is all new. That's what... These are like the techniques they're coming up with now. just being... Yeah. Oh, no, it's very frustrating. So they can tell, like, if someone has radium poisoning but they can't actually get a physical sample of the radium without post-mortem post-mortem exactly molly magia who i mentioned before the dial painter whose death certificate noted she died from syphilis was exhumed with dr martland dr flynn and other new york doctors present when they opened molly's coffin inside was an unnatural glow that in itself is a horror story. Like, yeah. there is a scary story wrapped up into that. Yeah. What? Again, that alone is like, something's a little off here. This isn't normal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sure they were, were didn't know what to expect, but I don't think they probably expected that. No, I don't think so. I think they were crossing their fingers. It was not what they saw. Yeah. 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 Jesus Christ. After the autopsy, the doctors determined that every part of Molly's body they tested was positive for radioactivity. The USRC continued to deny any blame for their employees' deaths, and radium supporters even tried to discredit Martland. It's always been like this. Yeah. Yes. In when will we learn? Is all I want to say. Right. Just slow down. Everybody wants to just jump to the conclusions or whatever, but like, if you would just slow down and like looked into it a little bit fucking more. But why when there's not a problem? And there's no there's profits to be made also, more. Also, like, I get right. it that... I know, I know, I know, I'm talking nonsense. But, like, the man, they could have put the powder in, like, a... I get it. If that's the only thing that's going to glow and you need it for yes. something, you got to be able to tell the time. Mm-hmm. To, cool, great. But, like, put the powder in a thing that you don't have to touch with your bare hands and put it in... I don't know. There's ways you could do this without... 100%. Mm-hmm. No, there is there's our ways they could have done this. Yes. Yeah. It's just I feel like also interesting for the time period of like how something like that affects the body and where because mm-hmm. like obviously like why did that one why was it in her jaw and her leg? That's so Are weird. you going to explain it? Well, I mean with the jaw with the That was the right. Yeah. But like how random. Mm-hmm. It, it's kind of random. Do you, do you explain this in your notes? Not too deeply, but if you have a point. Okay. Um, I felt like you were a judge, like, get to the point. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, no, I meant, like, describe it. Yes, yeah. yes. So from what I remember, it, like, it works the same as calcium or, like, calcifying bones, where it gets into your bones and slowly, like, 
expand. It's something with like calcium and calcifying bones. I remember them comparing that quite a bit. So like the reason it got in her hip was like it went down her blood way or whatever. So just have to be there. Yes, it like gets stuck and attaches to that part of your body, and then it's screwed basically because now it's getting in your bones, your bone marrow. So if she, so like if she had survived, it it would have just spread. I think so. Good. Yeah. That's probably why her whole body was radium. The other girl. Lit up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. But it makes sense. It would start with their jaw because they're all doing that. And then it's working their way through. Yeah. I'm sure someone much smarter can explain that better. I just remember no, the word I, calcium. Because I was like, <laughs> calcium, milk, mouth. Got it. Yes. Okay. Yeah, thank you for explaining that. <laughs> uh, well, don't thank me. If it's wrong, we're going to get some emails. Hey. But Bloodstreams. It's <laughs> all about <laughs> calcium. Yeah. They have radium in them. It's It's not good. Yes. It's not good. Fuck. In 1926, radium necrosis became a compensable disease. However, it didn't account for anyone afflicted with radium necrosis before that time. And the only symptom that was included in the bill was jaw necrosis. So no other symptoms were eligible. And there was a five-month statute of limitations on it as well, which wouldn't support any of the current dial painters. Oh, fuck right off. I was waiting for this to all set in with you. Yeah. yeah. So, so the law, law again is working in the USRC's favor since many of the women wouldn't even be able to initiate any legal proceedings. Because really the company didn't even know it was wrong until Congress made this law. Mm-hmm. So now you can't sue them for compensatory damages, you fool. If we can just make the title pick of this Morgan's face. Yes, that'd be perfect. Oh. <laughs> I don't think I've ever been so disappointed in mad and like confused at the same time ever there's a lot of emotions it's a roller coaster ride honestly yeah we might need a warning at the top of this one she uh talking muffin (laughs) no just once okay that's what i got for you guys that's all i got (laughs) oh my god i'm barely here i'm holy fuck okay the company had, however, settled for Marguerite Carlo, Sarah Malifer, and Hazel Couser's deaths. The Carlos received $120,679, the Malifers $40,226, and Mr. Couser received $13,408, but like he in particular was only left with $7,300 after paying his lawyer, Mr. Klitsch. They likely received very low um, settlements because Klitsch was the only lawyer who would take that, uh, their cases, and I think he took like a 45% cut of the settlements. So. Jesus, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't look great in the situation, but at least they got some form some. of justice. So if we're looking for glass half full, they finally realize this is a problem. Yeah. America is like, guys, you got to step up because you fucked up. Mm -hmm. And they at least got some kind of slap on the wrist. I get it. And, like, also, like, he probably took all those cases and then, like, took the chunk because then as soon as it becomes, like, a big deal, he's not going to make as much money because there's going to be competition to, like, represent them. True. That's a way to think about it, maybe. Maybe. Or I don't know. That's where my... Or he's just a greedy asshole. (laughs) I like to think he's altruistic (laughs) and he just thought it was going to be a really hard uphill battle. Yeah, yeah. That's it. 100% against a big company. That's how I sleep at night? Yeah. What the? Ah! So this helped other dial painters kind of follow suit. It took them quite a long time, but they finally found an attorney, Raymond Barry, to take their case. A trial began on January 12th, 1928. The preceding judge was Vice Chancellor uh, John Backus. Backus interpreted the statute of limitations of this case as such. Since the girl's bones contained radium and they were being injured by it, the statute restarted the moment a new injury was inflicted. 
thought, I thought that was pretty cool. cool. Mm-hmm. And, and these so girls be going to the doctor mm-hmm. 80 fucking two times. Yes. Yep. So it's always restarting. And it's honestly, it's a genius way to be like, uh, 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 uh-huh. still in play. Yes. This man deserves a fucking medal. This was Barry's, so the lawyer's first trial. So he's kind of going into this with very little experience. Uh, but no, not great. But Judge Backus would actually help him, like, phrase questions and would even step in when the defense would object to Barry's questions regarding the women's testimonies. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah. So he was pretty helpful. It does seem like the judge was like, no, y'all can go fuck yourselves. Yeah. I'm going to help you. Because you can, I think by this point, start to see the pattern and, like, these women look sick. Hell oh, yeah. Yes, they're coming in, so he can definitely tell. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, now we're picking up steam. Yes. When Grace Fryer took the stand, she described her suffering in detail to the court. Quote, I have had my jaws curated 17 times with pieces of the jawbone removed. Most of my teeth have been removed. My spine is decaying and one bone in my foot is totally destroyed. End quote. I'm breathing. Oh my god! Wes is going to kill you. (laughs) Kill Aaron. Kill Aaron. I'm sorry. Oh, my God. It's just the bones. Continue. I would rather have you, like, pull my eyes out. Like, bleh, bleh. I... Would you rather? (laughs) Would you rather have 17... What did they say it was? 17 what? Jaw... few. What did they say? Pieces of her jawbone. So 17 pieces of her jawbone. Carter eyes and removed, or just a quick eye. Out. One eye, definitely the eye. Ooh. They both don't sound pleasant. You gotta pick one, um, or you lose both. <laughs> I guess one eye. <laughs> See, I don't know. It's okay. Atista. Cut my no ear off. Because here's the thing: the eye. That's a. Vi- I mean, not saying my mouth is invaluable. <laughs> we all know Morgan's mouth is a very valuable. She's a chatterbox. <laughs> <laughs> you were thinking something else. Sarah. Sarah. I wasn't sure where that was going. Sarah. I need a jaw to talk, Sarah. Yeah. And eat. More importantly. Let's be real. <laughs> but like my eye. If you take my eye. Uh, that's a big deal. Listeners, what do you think? Let us know. Oh my god. It's just. I'm just picturing when it's I It's the worst game of Saw. And when I got LASIK and they put the fucking suction cup on my eye. <laughs> It was not scary. No, I would do it again. <laughs> 10 out of 10 recommend. Oh. Thousand percent. 12 minutes. 12 minutes and I could see. No, too long for me. Okay. <laughs> Lasers and eyes. Okay. No, go on. <laughs> nope. I like a quick process. You're going to let you talk. Oh my God. Dr. Martland turned out to be a start witness in the trial. He originally wasn't planning on testifying something about him like not wanting to face off against the company or that would just make him look bad uh dr martlin who was the one who like tested the radiation in the girls got it and came up with those we need you bro yes um so i guess he was a hard sell but he did you know sign on to be at the trial uh von shockey also took the stand but he did a complete 180 during his testimony he tried to rid himself of any wrongdoing and of any knowledge of the dangers the women using the radium were in. Barry and even the defense attorney, Edward Markley, were shocked. 
Von Sashaki said he couldn't recall exactly whether he told Grace or any of the other girls to stop lip pointing and that, like, it would make them sick. So before he was, like, all on board, I'm on your side, and then he gets, like, on the stand and he changes his tune. Flip flopper. Yep. We don't like a flip flopper. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Barry finished his direct examination uh, on April 27th, 1928, but instead of immediately cross-examining the women, the defense appealed to the judge, asking for him to push it back a bit. Their reasoning, there was no way they could successfully do their cross-examination with the information they had now. I'm jumping out the fucking window. Can you think of a more sinister reason they want to do that? What? What'd you say? Can you think of any more sinister reasons they would want to push that trial back? I don't know. Good. <laughs> Am I going to be mad again? I don't know. Yeah. Well, well <laughs> Sarah <laughs> shrunk. I knew you. <laughs> the USRC did have a lot to lose. Uh, they had recently gotten a $7 million order for dials that would help them kind of bounce back after the hits they had been taking. Um, the judge agreed and pushed the trial back for five months, meaning it wouldn't reconvene, um, uh, blah, 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 blah. oh, it wouldn't reconvene until September 24th. Uh, Barry was justly pissed and did everything in his power to move the date up. He found two lawyers with a case scheduled in May who were willing to switch dates with him. Hell yeah. Barry is working. Sorry. Barry Barry working triple time, bro. Yes, he is. And Bacchus agreed to the switch, but Mark Lee fought back, saying it would be impossible for all of his witnesses to be there at that time since many of them were going to be abroad. Oh, fuck off. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's what Barry said too, I bet. (laughs) And he reached out to the girls' doctors so they could sign statements saying the case couldn't wait until September to continue because some, if not all of the women, probably wouldn't live much longer. Oh, no. Mm -hmm. Which is the sinister reason. Yeah. Because I think they were very um, good witnesses. And it was very swaying. A testify from the grave is not sometimes as powerful, especially back then. Correct. Oh, my God. it's gross Walter Lippmann reported for World about the case and the pushbacks the women were receiving quote we confidently assert that this is one of the most damnable travesties of justice that has ever come to our attention end quote the judge sided with Barry this time and kept the May court date as is so they weren't going to move it anymore as the women waited for their case to recommence they received letters from the public some um, more positive and encouraging than others stating that you know they were on their side and gave them more wishes other letters were written by radium supporters and were more negative about them going against the usrc and some even contained like self-proclaimed treatments that the women should try to cure their conditions could you imagine how fucking dumb you looked in about mm-hmm. three years mm-hmm. fucking idiot yeah <laughs> wow Mm-hmm. It's the little things, guys. I'm just trying to get through here. Yeah. yeah. The trial wouldn't end up reconvening in May. On Monday, June 4th, the five radium girls met to sign settlement papers that had been arranged by a different judge, Judge Clark. The USRC agreed to pay each woman a lump sum of $171,000, a yearly payment of $8,316 for the women's previous and future medical expenses, and the entirety of their court costs. But they're uh, not even gonna live. It, it that's a lot of mo- okay. That's a lot of money, and also like it's something. It's something. It's okay. Just something. the the eight thousand a year thing. Like fuck off. Like 
give me yeah. 16k additional and yeah, yeah. So now you're talking to, like an american yeah mm-hmm. so i can go f- fuck off to europe and then i think you, I think you need to have that phrase on repeat as i continue oh, okay no. we should give you a uh, button yeah, yeah. Oh, oh my god i have recordable so buttons cool. yes, yes. <laughs> Okay, okay. There's supposed to be like buzzers for games, but I think you can record them. It's like that. Oh, I think so. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Like those ones that the dogs use. Mm hmm. Have you seen the one where the girl has a pet pig and it does like the button's like, get up, bitch. (laughs) What? She's like, I want to go outside, bitch. (laughs) No, but I think my brother uses that with his dog and it works. Cool. Little Archie. Archie. Hello. Mm hmm. This, um, I don't believe it was known at the time, but it was later discovered that the USRC may have had Judge Clark in their pockets. He was or had been a stockholder of the company. So Conflict of interest. Yes. Even though the USRC agreed to the settlement, they continued to say they weren't to blame for the women's ailments. They weren't settling because they were at fault. They did it as a show of good faith. Oh! Mm. And included in the settlement was like a clause of sorts. In order for the women to earn their pensions, three doctors, one decided by the girls, one assigned by the company, and the third both parties agreed on, had to examine the women regularly. If two of the doctors determined the women were no longer suffering from radium poisoning, then the payments would be discontinued. It's a fun little clause. Also, like, where the fuck do they think they live? I mean, I know there's, like, doctors, but, like... You gotta, that's like, I feel like some kind of slim picking. Yeah. Well, and they also, so these women who, again, super sick, they're not physically or mentally fit to travel, had to go to New York numerous times where they were subjected to all kinds of, like, experimental testing with male doctors watching their every move. Um, yeah, they were made to strip. And for my research, I think, like, vaginal exams were also a part of it. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. They weren't wearing the coochie underwear or the radium underwear, okay, bitches? Yeah. Oh. Uh, one of the treatments doctors tried was, like, the use of Epsom salts, uh, which just ended up, ended up, like, making the women sick. So, yeah. Just not good. Not good all around. Oh, my God. The USRC were basically banking on the doctors coming to an agreement that the women were radium-free so they can kind of wipe their hands clean of the payments. However, all of the doctors, and then, like, an extra two more that just kind of arrived (laughs) there, I don't know, that were asked to join in the test, uh, said the girls' bodies were plagued with radium. Hell yeah. Undeniable. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) undeniably. But the doctors, like, didn't share these results with the women, which was extremely frustrating for them. Like, they're having to go all the way out here to get these tests done and they don't even get to know like what's going on with their own bodies exactly yeah mm-hmm. exactly why i would go to 1917 do my business and then fucking leave get the fuck out <coughs> no notes the usrc changed their tactics and attempted to modify the settlement terms by paying the women a lump sum of money rather than continuing to pay them a pension every year the doctors even urged the girls to take the lump sum because they alleged the company was going bankrupt. Yeah. But that was completely false, actually. The company was not having any financial issues. They were actually on the up and up. Very. So their lawyer believed the doctors were kind of just trying to make the women feel bad. Maybe the company had said something to the doctors or it was, you know, the doctors the company had hired. Who knows? It's not that. It's the life projectivity for me. Mm-hmm. Like if, hey, doc, am I going to live another Mm -hmm. seven years okay does that match up to the lump sum no then fuck off if it does yeah 
and at the time they didn't know either so yeah. like what the projectivity could be the women had waived their patient confidentiality in the hopes that their testimony would help other dial painters take legal action in the future this helped make Hanfield win a settlement of $113,541, but this one did come with a catch. The USRC would only grant Mayer settlement if Barry, great, great Barry, who, uh, who had taken her case, who had taken the other cases, signed a statement agreeing to never be connected to any cases against the United States Radium Corporation for the foreseeable future. And he would also be prohibited from assessing any, uh, assisting anyone who may file suit with the company. Fuck. So basically the next lawyer has to start at square one. Yes. He is out. Which is just shit. That's they knew what they were doing. Mm-hmm. Oh, every step. Mm-hmm. Well, we got money now so they can hire people to actually like give some forethought. Mm-hmm. Wow. On <laughs> December 7th, 1929, the first of the five women who had taken the USRC to court lost her battle with radium poisoning. Quinta McDonald fell into a coma and died of a sarcoma in her leg. So that's like that big like, cancer tumor mm-hmm. of the bone. Irene Laporte died on June 16th, 1931 from similar symptoms. So she had a sarcoma the size of two footballs that couldn't be removed successfully without damaging her body. Uh, a month earlier, she had filed a lawsuit against USRC for damages, but there had been no settlement at all. And she would end up losing her case in like late 1935 because the USRC brought up the statute of limitations again, stating, quote, once Irene's employment was terminated, all duty we had to that girl as our employee ceased. There is no relation afterwards. She is a perfect stranger, end quote. Yeah. Not a good look. <laughs> No, not so much like, come join our team. That would not be on their website. No. No. Oh, yeah. You know that wasn't printed anywhere. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) They were not telling anyone that. No. The USRC was doing fairly well again until Evan Byers, a wealthy industrialist and playboy, died on March 30th, 1932. He had suffered from a back injury a few years prior and had been drinking thousands of bottles of Radithor, a medication containing an isotope of radium advertised as a cure for the living dead to alleviate his pain. Who had been supplying radium to Radithor? The USRC had been. As buyers began to deteriorate instead of getting better, he went to the Federal Trade Commission with evidence tying Radithor to his decline. And of course, Byers' case was taken more seriously, and the FTC wasn't messing around. Radithor was made to cease and desist, and the U.S. Food and Drug Administration declared radium medicines illegal. This would be the end of the USRC, actually. By August 1932, having been unable to find a buyer, the factory in Orange was demolished. However, radium was still being used in the dial painting factories throughout the U.S. And Catherine Schwab, the second of the five radium girls to file suit against USRC, passed away on February 18th, 1933, at the age of 30. Later that same year, on October 27th, Grace Fryer died of radium sarcoma industrial poisoning for her death certificate. Yes. These girls are young as hell. That's the saddest yeah. part. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know the age is, I mean, I know the probably the oldest age wasn't like 100 back then, but like 21, 24, 30, even the 30 year old, because that's so, I mean, that's yeah. us right now. Stop, Sarah. <laughs> I can't. I turned 30 this summer. What did you say? What did you say earlier about being 30? 30? 
I don't know. 30 ain't no thing or something like that. It ain't no, My memory ain't no gone. thing to be 30. You said we're all going to hell. <laughs> That's what I heard. Welcome to hell. That's what I remember. I'm sitting here going, it ain't no thing to be 30. Go to hell. <laughs> well, listeners, you can let us know what I said. <laughs> my memory is going in my old age. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. And again, no one's batting an eye at all these yeah. young women dying or barely anyone. At least some people are thinking it's a little strange. Um, but my story actually doesn't end there. However, and this will be kind of, I guess, a first for this season and all seasons, I will have a part two. Erin. Yes, because this one will be like over two hours long if I don't. So, listeners, take a break. I have to deal with this again. (laughs) Go to the bathroom if you've been holding it. I don't know. Oh, I'm that bitch that carries my phone with me. Are you kidding me? I turn on my shower speaker. When I walk out of the bathroom, I turn off my shower speaker, play it from my phone. Are you? Erin. Might I suggest some happy tunes in between now and next week? Yeah. Great. Maybe we can calm ourselves before the next part yeah. again. Okay. Or would that help? Maybe at the end. Maybe we need it at the end. Yeah, do you want Sarah? Do you want pre or post? Post-con. I don't know. Both? <laughs> Drew. Good God. Oh, my God. But yeah. So that is part one of The Radiant Girls. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> love being angry for so much longer <laughs> i think you're right i completely forgot there is so much more to the story they're really oh like God. it just when i was reading this book is it just any kept of it okay going. is any of it okay yes, yes. okay it, it like two two things there are some there are definitely parts that are better okay but we had to get through the, some of the worst of it okay so summary for today just so i know that actually no we'll do it next week locking it in so yeah we'll do, we'll do a recap before Yes. Yes. So we're in New Jersey. People are nuts. USRC was the big bad company. Mm -hmm. Now they're gone. God bless Barry, but he is also gone. He is, yes. Barry can no longer take cases. Which is BS. But then the story still continues. Next week. Tune in next week to see how it ends. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah. So. (laughs) Lord. Uh, Well. If you're still there, <laughs> um, hey, thank you for listening. I don't know why, like you've told, like we all tell terrible stories sometimes, right? Like are hard, hard to digest. But like I don't know why this one is like it's extra hard to digest. Like to me, we all have daytime jobs, so that makes it terrifying to me because yeah. it shows like they were able to get away with this for so long, and it was like disgustingly dangerous. I may not work yeah. in a studio, but like I feel the vibe, you know. Mm-hmm. As an HR person, um, I'm totally down to fill the paperwork, so it's necessary. There's a reason why all these like government programs exist to check in on your employers. Uh huh. It's these situations, guys. Christ. I will proudly say it. I don't believe I am exposed to radium at my current job, but I guess we'll never know. Anybody have radium? I think. I don't glow. I don't. I don't. I don't glow. So sadly, if we do, we want. Highlighter only, folks. Highlighter <laughs> only. Remember that for your next glow party. No radium. Highlighter only. Mm. It does wash off eventually. That we know of right now. That we know of right now. Well, uh, again, thanks for listening. Um, tune in next week for part two of Aaron's lovely tale of the radium girls. Um, I'm going to go blow my nose and cry. <laughs> I just bit. love, I know the listeners have a choice, but you don't. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I have, like, you could skip, but I, I can't. Um, so, 
I guess uh, thanks for listening. And if you uh, have any other maybe more lighthearted tales or not that you would like us to cover, please email us at SinisterSunrisePodcast at gmail.com. Comma. Um, you can check us out on Facebook and Instagram, Sinister Sunrise Podcast. Uh, we do have a tick of the talk, Sinister underscore Sunrise underscore podcast. Whoop-de-doo, here we go. <laughs> Round number two is coming at you. Oh, yeah. And uh, thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.